Well, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. My name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows with a Z. And my name is Nathan, and uh, you can follow me on social media, preferably Instagram at uh, No Clutch Nate, as well as my uh, toy photography page, Clutch Figures. Well, all right. Here we are discussing minute number five of Man of Steel. And it starts with Jor-El telling General Zod, you've betrayed the principles that bound us together. And it ends with Jor-El watching hopelessly as a Kryptonian hammerhead warship gets destroyed by the Sword of Rao. From outside, though. He goes outside, and you get to see, like, mm-hmm. you know, more Krypton. Yeah. This, oh, man. It, I love this minute. I, I like- love this minute and the minute that happens next. And we'll get into that. But, I mean, these two, this was... When I first saw it, like, this was my uh, final realization of I'm in Krypton. Yeah. I'm at Krypton now. uh, This is it. Like, this is, these are the final days, the last day of Krypton. It really is the last day of Krypton. That's kind of a weird, like, that's hard to imagine. That's it. Like, and it made me feel like it morbidly. I I, sometimes think about this here on Earth, uh, and more times, more than once, that I said, Damn, last day on Earth, what is that like? Oh, shit, man. You get, and we can get into Rogue One things about that. Like, if you you got dream like nightmares about the world ending and nuclear holocaust, do not go see Rogue One, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, it's it's the last day of Krypton with the birth of the savior being born, and and Jor-El being the the spearhead of it all right now in the storyline. Yeah, I uh you know when I watched uh when we were on minute 2 and 3, I kind of I was like, you know, minute 2 is all about the birth of Kal-El and then the very next minute, the death of Krypton. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy. It's very symbolic. And um at the same time because it also it's the death of Krypton, but it still lives with Kal-El. Yeah. And it becomes the birth it, of Yeah, it becomes him. Becomes the birth he, of he the is. vision of Krypton well, and the, what Kal Kal you know brings back with him in his Fortress of Solitude. Well, well I kind of thought of it as like, well, Jor El didn't send his son out into the world; he sent Krypton. Yes, exactly. Like, like that, with the ship and everything, with the Codex, that, he sent Krypton. He sent the best of Krypton, which mm-hmm. was a natural-born Kryptonian kid with the Codex in him of the great values of Krypton, and like from was, parents that loved each other yeah. and weren't supposed to be together. Well, I mean. Well, they got to be together because of the computer out of flaw, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They fell in love, which is very uncommon in Krypton uh, culture. So, and, like, when I watched these last couple of minutes, I was like, wow, you know, five minutes in and, like, already just... It's over- just heavy, man. It's overwhelming. With, yeah, like, Krypton- there's so much. Like, I think it's, like, Zack, Zack Snyder succeeded in telling the mythology Absolutely. of... And just giving Krypton. you just 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 a just a little blip of it too. It makes you want more, and it also makes you want to to rewatch just these first few minutes of being on Krypton and trying to fit like what we're doing now, trying to pick out everything that we can. And I think what works is that it does that. It, again, I say this so many times, but it is something that you can um, kind of is a reflection of here. Yeah, it's here of and course. Now. And I think that's why it works so well. Is uh, you can see the tragedy of Krypton, and it's a it kind of is a warning, and it's kind of like something that you know things that we just have to be aware of. Absolutely. And Rogue One again. Uh, I don't know why we keep playing Rogue One. But, <laughs> uh, well, I guess when you talk about the destruction of Krypton, like that movie also kind of fits the bill. Where, it had destruction of planets. Yeah. 
you know, like that's what those people were fighting against, and they needed a hope. Yeah, they needed hope again. Stealing Death Star plans and the evacu the how do you say the evacuation of Kal El? Yeah, you know. So it, it's just it's it's definitely a tragedy. But it really it, is. But it's a beautiful tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you get to just see just a, just a glimpse of this amazing planet that we've only heard story tales of, and. And this planet that the, the most powerful being on on our planet comes from, and we mm-hmm. only get to see it in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, there's a quote. So it's the minute started with, you betray the principles that bound us together. But there's another great quote that Jorel says to General Zod right after. And he says, I'll honor the man that you once were, mm-hmm. not this monster you've become. Yes. Um, it's a great, uh, it also plays into the fact that they were once friends at one point. But I think in foreshadowing, this is a reference to Doomsday later. Do you think? Well, think about it. I'll honor the man that you once were, not this monster you've become. And as we know, in Batman v Superman... He becomes a monster. Yeah. He becomes a monster. Jumping ahead of time, but, yeah. but yes. But yeah, yes, you're right. I there's, mean, some, there's some foreshadowing in the works. And what I've learned from the Lucasfilm story group with uh, you know Star Wars... Again, we keep plugging Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's hard to stay away. The when you come to these connected universes uh, in media, so you get like the Marvel universe and the DC universe and Star Wars universe, and those people have to play a long game. Like mm-hmm. they, these things have to be thought out. Everything's got to work like a puzzle. And I think the Doomsday Zod thing was always an idea. Yeah, I think they were like, you know, General Zod is going to die on Earth. On Earth, and they were like, well, how does he die? And we'll, you know, Superman is not ready yet, so he kills him, and then someone takes his body and makes Doomsday. Well, of, well, of course, the U.S. government seizes that body. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's just going back to the realism of this film. Like, that's what would actually fucking happen. Yeah. if aliens came to Earth and and started fighting in a well, giant downtown area, remember, if one of them died, of course, the U.S. government's going to come in and sweep that away and try to you know brush it under the under the carpet. But well, and they're going to do tests on it, like they did, and, I was and all this say, stuff. Like uh, people who have read. Flashpoint know that in that Flashpoint mm-hmm. universe, in that Flashpoint Elseworld, that uh, Cal L landed in Metropolis rather yeah. than Kansas or Smallville, and they captured him. And yeah. it's like you know, that's and he what, became a government weapon, yeah. uh, stowed away under the uh, you know jail of of red sun radiation twenty four seven. Yeah, so, so he did not have his powers. And he wasn't a fully developed human. Not even human. He wasn't a fully developed body. He wasn't, he wasn't, allo- he wasn't allowed to be a human. He wasn't, he allowed, wasn't to- allowed to... Well, he's never a human. He wasn't allowed to be a person. Yeah, he was treated as uh, a weapon mm-hmm. and uh, a, a material. Yes. And it's a very sad a sad, sad world in that flashpoint. Yes. It's a depressing story altogether. Um, but here, I, I do think this was part of a larger game. I think um, in the sh- in the final moments of Krypton in this opening act, um, they had this. They were like, we want this set up because Batman v Superman. And, and when, when you know, we didn't know it was coming, but when they were like, when we do the death of Superman, we want it to reflect the death of Krypton. Yeah. And and the fight, the fight that... This um, monster actually won. That Jor-El and Zod had. So I, I do think... There was, you know, they do have a long game here. And I think that's why I think some people don't give credit to some of these things because they don't 
they don't like to think that these groups have a that they're plotting out a long game. A lot of people are always like, okay, well, he did these changes in Batman v Superman because he's trying to make up for the fact that he made these mistakes. Like, not Superman, but Zack Snyder and the people producing the film. Like, a lot of people want to talk about, like, all right, they were just trying to correct the mistakes that they did in the last film and trying to make and correct it in yeah. the next film. And it's like, not necessarily, like, there's a longer game being played and there are going to be mistakes that the characters make on purpose um, they might not be addressed in this film, but if it's a longer game, then yeah, eventually those characters will make up for the mistakes that they made. Superman killing Zod. You and might, Zod you, going mi- you might, yeah, you mm-hmm. might think it's something that is totally off, but it's it really is thought out. Mm-hmm. the The concept of Batman v Superman, where Batman is an unhinged Batman and Superman is like a not perfect Superman. That's on purpose for the story yeah. in future films. To, to, to evolve. Yeah. I mean, so, like, we, 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 especially in this movie, we're introduced to the youngest Superman that we've ever seen. He's straight out of the game. He doesn't even fly yet. I mean, like, he's not Superman. He's just this guy that knows that he has these abilities. And in his mind and from his father's teachings, he thinks that he's doing what's right in his own mind. And that's helping the people that can't help themselves. I think this super, well, I think Superman is the kind of guy who um in comparison to like let's say the character Spider-Man where Peter Parker got his powers and Uncle Ben had to tell him with great power comes with great responsibility yeah because Spider-Man knew that he had the the power yeah and, and he knew that he could stop the things that he did much like how he did not stop the death of his uncle but I think Superman is not worried about the power he's always worried about the responsibility the responsibility and how the populace views him yeah especially in this movie and and in the this universe to come superman is constantly critiqued and reviewed by the normal populace especially out of america i mean even in the in the other movies it shows all the news articles about it and stuff they're trying to bring him down to our level when that's that's just you know blatantly impossible he himself sees him sees clark kent the character that he has you know grown up to be he sees himself as one of us but we don't when, see him when he yeah no but okay but we don't see superman as one of us we see him as his deity but superman is constantly trying to see himself as us that he's blinded by the fact that the responsibility of what he can do is just so much greater than than what he should do. You know? And that's definitely going, jumping ahead of video, uh, or a movie, you know, in, in Dawn of Justice, but we'll definitely get into that. But, I mean, Superman, at this point, it is the most realistic version of Superman that we can get and most relatable to our world. Like, if, if there was a being that could fly through the sky and shoot fucking thunderbolts from his eyes that was just, you know, fighting another being that could fly and shoot napalm from his eyes in a downtown area, we are going to lose our fucking minds. Half the population is going to see him as a goddamn god. The other half is going to see him as an alien and a menace. And that's exactly what we're getting in this universe. And it's not until the end that we see the repercussions of this and and 
and the U.S. government's involvement in it, like you've never seen before in other Superman movies. Superman 2, when he's fighting all the, you know, it fucking, why wasn't the U.S. government there with fucking Warhawks shooting him down and stuff like they are in Man of Steel? They see a threat, they react, they don't even consider the possibility of a being that could have these extraterrestrial, you know, abilities. And it's just so damning to Superman that he wants to be just like us and wants to be accepted as himself. Yeah. That it's so hard for him to, you know, grasp the concept of they don't see you like it's that. Like, man, you grew up in Kansas in a farm. You went to public school. You had friends. You had you lived a normal life, and then you started to fly, and that is just lost on him throughout this whole movie, throughout this whole franchise, throughout the whole character. Probably up until, you know, more recently with, you know, the comic book series. But whatever. Like, he's, he strives so hard to be the best human that he could be, knowing full well that he can't. That he just tries to separate himself and do the, the, the you know, inhuman deeds that, that we require. That we, that we are, are calling for him because we see that he could fly and we see that he could save us. And that's... And and I mean not to get carried away with this minute, but I yeah, think absolutely sorry. <laughs> but no, I mean that's who we want to be. That's who it's exactly that's, it's who, exactly it's who we should want to be. I know a lot of people are always like, oh, my favorite you know DC superhero is Batman. Like always, but it's yeah, because like, he's fucking cool and he hangs out at night and, and he's got cool gadgets. And, and well, he beats people up. Yeah, his tragedy is is uh, you know he's come from harsh. Beginning. Exactly, but, but as so a does, person, but so does Superman. Of course, Superman comes. And, but he it's was like, adopted. He didn't have a real fan. When he that's like his saying, "Hey, you're an alien from not this planet." That's like, "Hey, you're adopted." Like that's a big fucking deal. It's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is why you're you're changing. This is why you can float over the fucking barn." Um and I think um we need to learn from Superman about uh I guess tenacity. Here is um a man who is lost on on the planet Earth. You know, he has He's alone. Yeah, here's a, he here's, needs, yeah, this is the man absolutely. who's alone, and like, but we need to understand that that is us as well. And there are people out there who are constantly struggling with their lives, and believe, like Superman believed, like never lose that hope, and yeah. always be the hope. If, yeah, if there is none. Yeah, um, he's not a perfect being. He's just. An everyday he guy has, is trying to he do has the right the, thing. He ha- and he has the best intentions. And of course that goes back, you know, that's that's a double-edged sword because the best intentions could sort lead to the row. worst. Yeah, you know, sort of row and everything. But he he's, this is a man that wasn't raised in this, in this uh, you know, planet, in this, this society that you were given your position, you were given your role in life. He was raised in goddamn Farmville, Kansas, with Jonathan Kent, who was probably the best father figure that you could ever ask for, and he taught him that you have a responsibility to be the best person that you could be, to be a shining example for the rest of us. And that's who, and that's what all of us should always listen to. When I watch Man of Steel, sometimes I always listen to Jonathan Kent's words mm-hmm. and Jor-El's words, and I'm like, 
man, they're talking to me. They're, they're not, the they're the best parents you like, could ask I'm for. Like, and like in the future films, like Martha, she'll say some things, and it's like, man, they're not talking to Kel. Man, they're talking to me. They're talking to yeah. us. They're telling us these things. These are things that we should be applying to our lives. Like Superman is the hope that we should want to be. And if that hope is not there. Uh, if there's not something giving us hope, we need to be the person giving hope to us. Yeah, others. absolutely. Like, man, like, in a world of dismay, do the best that you can to try to help out as many people as you can, and that's that's what Superman is is trying to do. It's just on a, on a global level, especially when it gets later in his career. But but right now, this is just a guy trying to find his place in the world. Yeah, you know. Um, but <laughs> in a world that's not even his own. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Yeah, right? And and it, that's a concept that they really wanted to hammer in Superman Lives, and they never got to do that. Yeah. And I'm glad it, it kind of it got into Man of Steel, and they were able to, to mm-hmm. uh, ex- express that. I agree. I agree. Um, let's not get carried away. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. We can get back to um, what we're doing in this minute. So, uh... We got um we we got the uh, what is it um you know Jor uh, El and Zod talking about uh the man that he used to be and everything and then you know Zod kind of kind of scoffs and 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 orders uh the sword of of Rao to to take Jor El into custody. Yeah, well, I was gonna say like what we get to see next is some uh, I wrote in my notes non super Kryptonian combat. Yeah, because we don't like we need to understand that these people. They're um, just normal. They're just normal. So just they, like you and me. They got, I mean, except they walk around in crazy battle armor. Right which is now. awesome. But, you know, they got their guns. They got Kryptonian guns, which, again, I assume is made out of liquid geo. Yep. Shoot some sort of plasma energy field or something. So, and then they got some uh, crazy martial arts choreography. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, yeah, this is, a, this is a fight scene when Jor-El is taken into custody. He, he then then breaks away after uh, after he, 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 he meets up with Kelex. And uh, Kelex mm-hmm. is, you know, concerned. Like, is everything okay? And it's some. It's, it's weird because because Jor-El seems like he kind of telepathically communicates with Kelex with closing his eyes, and then all of a sudden this giant flare shows up and blinds uh, the people that have him captive. And he doesn't he doesn't say anything to Kelex. Kelex addresses him, says, "Is anything is anything okay?" One of the the sort of row is like, you know, get out of the way, kind of deal. And and Jor-El just closes his eyes, kind of like he's thinking telepathically disable them somehow like like blind them i'm closing my eyes you need to flash your flare kind of deal and that gives him the opportunity to break away it was crazy because it's like i did realize that uh kelex was very uh like self-aware of the situation yeah like he came in he was like oh shit yeah like uh, what's going on and still being a computer you don't you know take take precautions in your own hands but but he's still like checking with his master what's going on you got armed guards around you what the shit, man? Yeah, and I, you know, when I first saw this in the theaters, I, I did think, like, I, this whole, like, you know, if I, if I look at just this minute, like, this minute really caught me off guard because there's a lot that goes on in just that scenario. Yeah. And even the the non-super combat caught me off guard. Like, I was like, oh, my God, they're actually, like, fighting. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I part of me, like, I guess when I walked into the movie, I was, like, I was expecting, like, they're, like, all super. like, And I was like... But I didn't understand at the time because I wasn't that into the Superman mythology. Yeah, of course, of course. And so the super, the as I keep calling it, the non-super Kryptonian combat, I was like, wow, they're really just, you know, fighting away. Like, yeah, and they took, like, you know, combat courses. They know how to hand-to-hand combat and fight so, and everything. And, I, and, I, and that's when I kind of started to realize, like, oh, these people are mortal. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, these people are. These people can die. Like, of course. And you know, like it, it, if the death of Krypton didn't scare you enough into believing that you know they're, they're all like their fate is sealed. Um, good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, if they didn't realize that their fate is sealed, um, this shows it. Like, cause they're. There's guns going off. People are dying. It's a war zone now. It turned into a war zone. Yeah. And then you see that when you know back in uh at at the end of this minute. Oh yeah. When uh when he runs out and it's it's just it's it's completely uh, gone to to shit. It's it's Jor El realizing that his world is ending and it's ending with with force where he tried to to create a a peaceful uh uh solution to to the death of everybody. And he accepted death himself and his and his whole house of L and everything. He realized that I have this shining beacon of hope. But then when he when he sees that there's this there's this you know wall that he's hitting with General Zod and the Sword of Rao, like he's he's beside himself. Like how how could this happen? What's going on? How is this how is this world turning into this war ridden you know, yeah, battle that's yeah, happening like, right now? Uh, seeing the Kryptonian hammerhead ship get blown up in front of him, like that was like mm-hmm. like. That okay, that's a metaphor for like this planet is that's is it. Killing it's each it. Other. It's it's from the inside out. Not we are o- yeah, like not only is the there is no dying, hope. Yeah. There is no hope on this planet anymore. Except We're for done. Yeah, in the Codex. So yeah, um, I did write the that Kelex does have that FaceTime bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. He gets I, in contact <laughs> with Laura and, and everything I was like, like that. That's a little weird. How it's uh, that? I read I read a little bit that um the the uh, the liquid uh, geo the liquid geo is actually like um. It's it's a uh, it's little s- silver balls balls that have like sort of uh, indentations kind of kind of texture feel to mm-hmm. them each you know their own kind of design but they um oh gosh what is it hey oh it's suspended in a magnetic field so that magnetic field I guess kind of attaches to your to your to your brain waves and your thought waves especially with with a cow scout ship that he founds later to be his fortress but like he's he's kind of thinking what it should be and it appears there and like when Jor-El says get me Lara he's thinking get me Lara and it kind of kind of shows up not more so much of, of like a camera more of like this is who I am envisioning myself talk to kind of like magic mirror kind of deal you know what I mean it's like it's like I can envision myself talking to Lara I get in contact with the the, the look at Geo and it and it forms it and I and you know with with a transmission between Kelex and Kelor, I can send the communication. Okay, so let's say you're at your house, I'm at my house, and I have Kelex. You have Kelor, and I'm telling Kelex, uh, "Yeah, uh, patch me through to Nate." Does Kelor come up to you and like, yo, you got a call? Yes, you have a transmission from from Mark, and, and then, it pops up and it shows you your face because that's so what Kelex I'm thinking. Kelex sends my face to Kelor, and Kelor is like, "Here's Mark's face," and then. He takes your face yeah. and sends it to Kelex, and Kelex emulates your face into my into Kelex. And I think it has to do with brainwave activity because they're all suspe- I read that they're all suspended in some sort of magnetic field that, well, that they that they can influence themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, like if you think about it, um, so these uh, automatons they have automatons. Is that correct? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> they, they have the liquid geo in them to do whatever and it, it is magnetic because it's geology and it's, yeah. and it's molten like and the the magnetic magnetic waves are there and in our own brains there are like magnetic properties yeah, of like course that, that's how like um when we're driving or like those who are really good at navigating they can sense when north what north of is course and, absolutely and, like 
you're like, oh, well, yeah, you just take uh, right there and you go down. Yeah. And, like, you know that. So with our magnetic properties in our, our brain connected to um, or connecting to, like, so my, my magnetic properties are connecting to Kelex, and then it sends it to Keylor, who sends it to you. Like, we're all connected magnetically. Yeah. Which is Oh, sh- and it's also how <laughs> Superman y- utilizes his ability to fly uh, on Earth. He uses the, uh, well, magnetic and gravitational fields, of course, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same principle. Like, mm-hmm. And then maybe, maybe you might want to think, like, maybe Kryptonians are more advanced mentally kind of deal that can influence the magnetic field more so than actual humans. Well, would, maybe that's why Superman can fly. Well, I would assume that because... If we, More so than just you know the sun and giving him I radiation. I think to harness the power of liquid geo to begin with, and to um, even the the idea of the codex, like yeah, that's a scientific feat. Should it be used? Probably, absolutely not. But. They were able to do it, so they are more advanced than us. Absolutely, I mean, well, uh, well, well, what we've well, okay, already seen, they're yeah, definitely yeah, way more advanced no, than us. Well, even judging I mean, by in you like know, a, how long they've been there, you said mentally, yeah, more advanced. mentally more advanced. I, like, like evolution kind of took place. This is their Kryptonian evolution, if you will, but it's definitely it's not like blatantly stated think, right there. I think brain activity more advanced. Yeah, that's sure. One, that's one. Yeah, what we're trying to say. Like, we know they're more advanced, like yeah. technology wise, um, but. But maybe the technology helped them advance more brain activity they're, and such. Well, I think the other way around. Yeah? Their, their advanced brain... Prompted the need for more advanced technology well, to it, keep up? It, it paved the way to make better technology. Just like how we are right now. Like, the more we advance mentally as a race, we'll be able to advance more technology. But yes. it could end in the destruction of our planet. It just very well it, could. Just putting it out there. Very so, well could. Uh, <laughs> you know, we might just live the it, whole Kryptonian life, but well, hey, as long as one of us gets to be Superman. Uh well, I mean, maybe when we get to be thirty-three, we'll we'll find out. <laughs> thirty-three specifically. Whoa, conspiracy. Jesus. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, that's so, all yeah, I got. Um, I mean, I got a uh, Kelex appears and everything with transmission, and then uh, Kelex. Oh, she. Uh, so Lara is. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. She she warns Jor-El of uh, of enemies behind him right at the yeah, very end that's there. Another weird. And one. it's almost like, so Jor-El is just seeing Lara's face in the transmission. What is Lara seeing? The whole backdrop of him for her to see the people coming up behind him, or is that Kelex? Speaking through Lara. So here's what's going on. So, <laughs> okay, so when Kelex, um, so Kelex is the one with Zod. Yes. And Kelex is there that meets Jor El on the, uh, in and, the council chamber. And let's say Keylor is the one with. Keylor's still at home. With Lara. Yeah. Kelex sees the enemies. Yes. He sends it to Keylor, and Keylor changes into a wider shot that shows the enemy so that Lara can see it. Oh, like bring it up. I get you. See? I get you. Yeah. Like Jorah was not in it, but Keelix, Keelor, and Lara were in the... Okay. They were... And it, may, were, it, it would make sense then instead of Keelor talking through Lara. He could say it. He could just be like... But then they would hear it. Like Yeah, then it would... Or yeah. Keelix even could have just been like, hey, nigga, you got people behind you. Exactly. But I mean, it, it, it's good that it's coming from his wife. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it kind of takes too long. I, Akilix probably should have just been like, "Sir, you have people behind you." 
instead, <laughs> instead interrupted of, the transmission. Excuse me, sir, but instead of just or just then, then the flash thingy. I yeah, don't know. of course, of course. Instead of, of being course. like, "Yo, Keylor, check out these people behind him," and then Keylor is like, "Yo, Lara, yeah, check out them people." Yo, behind there's him. some people like that's all instantaneous. Um, um, I got some other notes here. What is it? Uh, you know, disappearing, and he just tells Lara to get the launch ready, which is. Uh, to us, we're just assuming because you know most people that already know the Superman story of him fleeing Krypton, that that is exactly what they're doing. They're putting Baby Cal L in the, the the spacecraft to take him to Earth. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but to now, to to a, to, a, to a newcomer, that's like, what are you what are you talking about? Launch? Like, what what is this? Yeah, but instead of um, the law council giving him the codex, now he's got to do it the hard way. Yes, he's now find we really, a way yeah, now to, we're gonna have to see him adventure into that, and like it brings us to the very end of him uh, going outside and seeing the actual battle in the air with Kryptonian ships, and uh, I, I we're just assuming that it is the uh, the Kryptonian military versus the sort of row that that. Uh, you know, General Zod was a big militaristic uh, figure, so he probably had a bunch of his people, you know, side with him, and the other half sided with, you know, their their whole vows to the Kryptonian military. Yeah. So it's definitely a a big battle that we're that we're witnessing that, that Jor El is seeing for the first time. Like this, this is it. Like we're 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 done for. We're and, fighting uh, ourselves now when we have bigger problems ahead of us. And like we talked about earlier, like. This is Kandor. This is all that is left of Krypton. Yeah. The entire population is in the capital city of Kandor. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to believe that Sword of Rao can first take on the entire military of Krypton because it is all just local. Yeah. And it's not impossible to think that the Sword of Rao was able to amass such a force, you know, with military weaponry and technology and like ships and all that. Yeah. Because. If this is all that's left, it's so easy to overthrow it. Yeah, of course. It is all, and I'm sure they're blind with all their 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 own problem, their own selfish problems of how are we going to survive the, mm-hmm. the destruction of the, the imminent destruction of Krypton? How are we going to do this? Not how is Krypton going to live on? Yeah, I mean, which is what Jor El saw. I mean, the council was arrogant because it's like, dude, this is the only city left. What do you? Th- why do you? What makes you think there's even a council left? Like, who yeah. do you think you're governing? Who are you governing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's like nothing left to govern. We're course. all dying here. Of course. And you're all just sitting in here in fancy gold shit. With your big old crowns and, you know. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all I got for this minute. Yeah, Is that's, that's, that's mostly what I got. Next minute we get into some cool, some, some cool things. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. Minute number five of Man of Steel. And, uh, yeah. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can follow us on all social media at DC. EU Minute. Um, So yeah, go ahead and check us out. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here, and we'll catch you guys on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.